Praise God. Now let's get into the word. So uh, two weeks ago, I started talking about freedom from all fears, freedom from all fears, or simply say freedom from fear freedom from fear i called out all, some all kinds of fear some kinds of fears that are common to us two weeks ago and which i repeated last week you know where there's fear of loss of a job fear of death of a loved one fear of losing the marriage fear of economic collapse fear of you know rejection fear of you know the future of, of your children fear of whether your children are seen all this kind of fears of like we saw some in the life of job right and um the bible tells us that um l- l- uh, fear brings torment first john 4 18 is it for, for eight right is it eight or 18 he said um okay let me go 18 thank you first john 4 18 says there is torment in fear there is torment torture in fear mental torture in fear and perfect loves cast away fear um, um luke 174 tells us that god does not want us to serve him in fear then that sounds to be like a contradicts the word of God that says that fear the Lord or the beginning, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And I've tried to help us understand that, you know, the same word means different, have different meanings in different contexts or the same word have different meaning. Even the, sometimes the same word with the same meaning have different use in different contexts. And this is way, this is one way we should learn to read our Bible. Amen. To consider context when we are reading the Word of God. So, I feel kind of uh, I, the, the the kind of fears that I'm I'm, I'm going to be treating or addressing in this coming weeks. I've, I've categorized them under five. And I, I last week, as I was this week and you know, the week just gone by, as I was studying the Word, the Lord asked me to add one to it: the fear of sin. Right, the fear of sin. So uh, we have religious fear, which I'm hoping by prayer and supplication today that I will finish. And then we have the fear of man. You know, that's the, that's the major fear we're going through. And I'm still dealing and battling with the fear of man. Uh, I've improved, but there's still some serious uh, issues in my heart about the fear of man. And like, I'll keep so that so that you don't think it's something like um, out of the ordinary. Or oh, what can what's pastor going through? We need to start fasting and praying for pastor. No, is you know when you are conscious of what people say about you. You know, and sometimes it's because of the culture, I, the culture of my country and Nigeria, you know, we really respect our elders, but many elders with many, uh, we, we respect our elders, but unfortunately many elders are very manipulative and controlling. I wish they knew that what they are doing is witchcraft, it's tantamount to witchcraft. And we see that a lot in the church, that many pastors and preachers are very manipulative. I was saying to one of our church family members yesterday, I said, I protect this church very much. And one of the reasons why I don't allow, I am not submitting to just anybody except for the few people that God has asked me to work with. I'm not going to look for mentors here and there or because they have a big ministry or the rest. I said, it's because I know how manipulative my controlling these people are. And because of our culture of respect, I may be obliged to, 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 to respect them and submit to them. And what happened is that it then hurts the church. Amen. I'm not that pastor who is not aware of what's going on or who does not see or or closes his eyes to what's going around me. I see what's going on. I see manipulation. I see control. I see covetousness. I see greed. I see competition in the church. Amen. And I'm, I trust God and I'm standing my ground. I'm not going to allow that to feed that true filter into the Transformers Church. Amen. So it's sad that many of us men of God, with all the respect, it's so sad that they do not know that this is control. You know, I was dealing with a situation. Some some young people called me and they were having problems. 
with a particular man of God. And um, we're, we're talking and I say, you know what, yeah, he said, guys, don't think this person is not, you know, I don't think this um, this elder has, uh, you know, is controlling on, on purpose. But where we come from, you know, part of... Um, uh, being an an older person, you know, we're kind of we're kind of programmed to control, to to have the final say. You know, young people don't have a say, and that's why I, in this age of technology, young people are becoming rebellious because they realize that they can find a hideaway. So we, we need to balance all of these things. So because of that kind of re- culture, right, it, it, it makes us to, it, me, for me, it drives kind of a fear of man, you know, like, I don't know what this person will say, I don't know what that person will say. And I'm just going to allow the Holy Ghost to lead me today to speak to you guys out because I'm, I want to rush things, but I don't want to, I want to slow down uh, because it's not been allowed me to, to go past this fear of man. Even though I'm going to really, really talk about it in a session and on the Sunday service, but there's some things in my heart that I feel somebody needs to hear. Amen. You know, so fear of man, uh, you know, part of because of this respect culture from my from my uh, from my country, uh, it, it, it makes us vulnerable to this older people to do what they want us to do. And we've not been able to learn how to respectfully decline the manipulation and the control from these older people. You say decline. Yes, I mean decline. I'm going I want you to, I want to encourage you to stay connected because I need, we need to deal with this. And to be honest with you, in everything I've prepared for the fear of man, I did not even put this in it. But I feel the Lord is saying to me this morning that young people need to be taught how to respectfully turn down some demand and control from all older people because they are the victim of the consequences of obeying the older people. Oh Lord Jesus, help me this morning. Okay, I, I, let me carry on here. Now I feel as I, as I'm speaking, I see things in my spirit, and I gotta call it out. So I see situation whereby it might be I might be applicable to you or somebody else. I see situation whereby uh, people in the church, pastors, people you respect, prophets you respect, are telling you to do a particular thing. You know it's sin. You know it's against the will of the Lord. But because you look up to them and you respect them because they are the man of God, you do what they do, and you feel like I don't want to disrespect the man of God. I don't want to disobey God. Now the thing is this. Now the fact that that person what they are telling you to do is against the known will of god against the documented will of god it should tell you that they are out of place with god and you are you are not to do what they ask you to do now there's fear in your heart that look what if i don't do this how would how would they treat me now listen to me they don't own your life god owns your life first corinthians for um six uh, I think it was 18 to 20 or 21, I can't remember, right? but uh, around 20 there about. He said, honor God with your body and your spirit, which belongs to God. Your body and your spirit belong to God. Now, in no man of God have the right, no man of God have the right to control, oppress and manipulate people. And I can see it's so strong in my spirit this morning. God wants you free. It's time for you to walk out of the control and the oppression of that man of God. Yeah, I'm speaking by the spirit. It's time. And I can see that fear in your heart. You're saying, but what's if, what's if? Hey, no, 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 what's if? Now, for you to be having that struggle to say, what if, what if? It shows that you have been oppressed and you have been brought into a bondage. And God did not bring you into that bondage. So don't think Christianity and working with God is that way. God did not call us to control. God does not. God has not called us into bondage. So whatever that situation is, God is saying to you, get out. 
And you will struggle mentally and emotionally after working now because you were thinking that evil things will happen to you. That's part of what I'm going to be dealing with this morning, religious fed. Now, you know, evil thing will happen to you if you expect them to happen to you. But if you know and choose to believe, regardless of the signs that you see, that God is your father, God is your Lord, and he has not called you into darkness or called you into bondage. If you see any sign of evil, you stand your ground against it. And if you're that person, if, if you think you need help, reach out to me. Amen. God is your father. God is your help. And God has not called you into bondage. Did you ever see anywhere that Jesus held people in control and manipulation? Whatever you never saw in the life of Jesus, never take it from any man of God. I repeat, whatever you never saw in the life of Jesus, whatever kind of treatment you never saw Jesus give to his people, never accept it from the man of God. Respectfully, you got to get out. Amen. Praise God. So let's carry on. Religious fear. So I define religion. So when I say religious fear, I mean uh, fear caused by the fear uh, by religion. Fear caused by religion. You know, uh, fear. The uh, fear I define part of the dictionary definition I found is an unpleasant emotion caused by the threat of danger, pain, or harm. So people are uh, they have this kind of unpleasant emotion that harm will happen, harm will come to them, or they may suffer pain. You know, uh, if, if something happens, something like that. And looks uh, like I said, Luke chapter, uh, Luke chapter one seventy four tells us that God did not call us to serve Him. In fact, God wants us to serve Him without fear. You know, Jesus never controlled anyone, never oppressed anyone, never you know, never took anyone down, never made anyone to feel less of themselves. So why should you take that from a man of God? Clearly, that man of God is not acting according to the assignment Jesus has given to him. Please bear this in mind. Ephesians 4.11 tells us that, you know, every man of, every ministry, and this man, woman, so when I say man, when I say, for the sake of this teaching, when I say man, it just also puts a woman too. Because when Jesus gave an assignment to, or when Jesus appointed some to be apostles, pastors, prophets, and teachers, he didn't say, he didn't specify gender, it was to all. So that should, that should rule out any thinking that maybe a woman cannot be a woman of God or cannot walk in the vineyard of God. He gave it to people and there's no male or female in Christ Jesus. I think someone needs to hear that. Amen. Now, so whatever any man or any man or woman of God is introducing to you that you never, I mean, evil to that, that makes your life unbearable, uncomfortable, and you did not see in the life of Jesus, you got to turn it down. Jesus came so that we can have peace. He said, peace I give you, my peace I live with you. Let not your heart be troubled. So if Jesus doesn't want your heart to be troubled, so why should church or a man of God make your heart troubled, unstable, and you're always afraid to go to church? No, that's not right. When a man of God calls people to the or to the podium and beats them because they and beat them up and I've seen this and beat them up because they did something wrong, they are not acting in the spirit of Christ Jesus. That is wrong. That is what wrong. For a man of God to slap up someone in front of the church for whatever reasons, it's wrong. It's not Christ-like. It's not of God. And somebody may make mistakes, so it's good for them to admit their mistake. But if somebody still boasts and brag about it, and the old church is jeering, we are not walking in the spirit of Christ. So religion, as I define it, is a, is a set of rules that man has laid out as to how to relate with God. It's so sad that, it's so sad that, you know, our Christian life, most of us, our Christian life have been driven by the rules and regulations that men, that a man or woman has set down. Not what we saw in the life of Jesus. It's so sad that many people don't even have Jesus in picture in their Christian life. Jesus is not there. What is there is they know God exists and they know there's a man of God. Friends, you are not called 
Thank you, Holy Spirit. Friends, you are not called unto a man of God. You are called unto Christ. You are not called unto a man of God. You are called unto Christ. There should never be a middleman between you and God. There should never be a middleman between you and God because the Bible tells us that in Christ Jesus, we all have access to the Father by one Spirit, the Holy Spirit. All, not some. So you may hear things like, no, it's a particular man who hears God. Or you need to go to a man of God. One of my friends said something to me one day. He said, Pratunde, I said, yes. <laughs> How lovely people in my life. She said, I think when a person prays, except a man of God comes to say amen to it, that prayer will not reach heaven. God will not hear that prayer. I said, it's not true. And she gave me an example of, is it Anna, the mother of Samuel? Is that her name? Right, because um, she was trusting God for a child and then a, a prophet Eli came, as a priest Eli, what title should we give him now? A priest, priest Eli came and said, you know, thought the woman was drunk and the woman said, no, she was expressing her heart to the Lord, blah, blah, blah. And then the man prayed for her and she got a child. I'm like, no, that's not true. So in the Old Testament, it looks like that. But in the New Testament, the, God, Jesus, through his death and resurrection, removed the barrier between you and God. And that's why when Jesus gave up his life, gave up his life on the cross, the Bible tells us that the, the, the cotton of the temple, of the tabernacle, was cut from top to bottom. And every one of us have access to the Father. Previously, the priest will only have access to God, you know, and that's once a year. You know, he will have to repent for his own sin. He have to, you know, do an atonement for his own sin, first death, and the sin of the people. And that's once a year. But Jesus entered the, <laughs> entered the, entered the perfect and the only heavenly tabernacle on your behalf, on my behalf, and offered sacrifice for your sin and my sin once and for all. And he gave each and every one of us access to the Father. And that's what Hebrews chapter 4 tells you, that you should come boldly to the throne of grace, that you may obtain grace and mercy to help in time of the Hebrews 4, 16. Go and read it. Amen. I'm trying not to rush this morning. There's so much to pack. I've not even started. I'm, I'm just, what I'm doing right now is just speaking out what God has in his heart, right, before I come to mine. Amen. But God wants to free a particular person from the fear of man of God and from the control and oppression of man of God and some brothers and some sisters and some prophets. Fear, astonishment, is not of God. God has not called you to the bondage of fear. God has delivered you from the power of fear. God has delivered you from the power of darkness. Church and the man of God or relationship with man of God should not be an intimidating one. Should be such one that is free. So why should you be free to be with Jesus and be afraid to be with the man of God? Something is not right with that equation. I repeat, something is not right with that picture. Something is not right with that equation. Who is man that you should be afraid of him? Who is man that should be afraid of him? Even the Father, God the Father, who created the heavens and the earth. Who has the power also to destroy it? He's not putting fear in you. It's not difficult to reach him. But a man or a woman is standing in the way and making life unbearable for you. That's not right. It's manipulation. It's witchcraft. And I speak as a servant of God. Because sometimes people look at me by my age. Even my one of my one of my one of my relatives, they were like, oh, you know, people just say, ah, you know, you are, you know, see this, this small boy. Why well, speaking? No, I'm not a small boy. I'm not a small boy in the sense that I came to speak and and I'm a, and I'm a speaker. No, I am called by God. I speak for God, not for mankind. I speak for God, not for men. I come in the authority of Jesus Christ, who have called me, not in the authority of men. Amen. Amen. So, in the sense of what I'm doing right now, I'm not a small boy. God has appointed me as an elder over a church family, and to to make everybody to make it, um, life easier for you. Uh, many of the many many okay yeah a good number of the the, the 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 members of the church family are much older than me, 
And I respect them for the respect that they have for me, not because of my age, but because of this assignment. Do you know what, what Paul said to Timothy? He said, he said, Timothy should command people to respect men in the church for the sake of the work that they do. And he said they deserve double honor. So when you look at someone speaking just because uh, by their age, and Timothy was a teenager. I'm, I'm more than double the age of Timothy. I get him. And Paul said to him, let no one despise you. Let no, let no one look down on you and see you as young, you know, but be an example. So Timothy being a teenager, even uh, Paul does not respect, expect anybody to look down on Timothy because he's a teenager. But for the sake of his work that he's doing, he's a father in that church. Amen. Lord Jesus, where are you taking us? Okay, we keep following you. Amen. So something is not right with that picture. If you are afraid of a man of God, praise the Lord. My wife said to me last week, he said Sunday, uh, I think it's better you just follow the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and that's what's happening today. Here's the uh, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. So we're just talking about religion, religious fear. So I've defined religion is based on, you know, it is what people have, the rules and regulations that people have laid down to to, to, to deal with God. It, is it, isn't it sad that a man or a woman tells you that's the 54 things you need to do for God to be happy with you? And you didn't even bother to check with Jesus. Have you forgotten the Bible says in the book, in the book of Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 that Jesus is the exact representation of God. If you want to know what Jesus wants, go and find out from Jesus. Go and find out from Apostle Paul. Go and find out from Peter. Go and find out from John. If you want to know, this guy's way with Jesus. The man of God you're talking about, the woman you're talking about, they've never seen Jesus. They don't even know who Jesus is. They don't, even, they don't even respect Jesus because if they respect Jesus truly and truly, what they will be passing on to you is what Jesus has given to them. I want to find the word of God. Amen. God is free. God is setting people free. I see freedom in the heart of people. Now I speak about the spirit. Don't hold back. As the Lord is liberating you in your spirit, hold on to that liberation. Don't, don't, don't allow the devil to hold you back. Amen. Don't allow the devil to hold you back. Take on to that freedom and take that step you need to take. If you need to get out of that church, which I, which is not a need, you got to get out. Get out. Because God has not called to fear and bondage. The more you stay in that fear, in that bondage, in that controlling environment, the more demons will be playing and plaguing your life. So God is not the one punishing you. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is not the one punishing you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. God is not the one punishing you. The man of God is the one punishing you. Open the door for demons to come into your life and to control you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the living Jesus. I said something last week during the service, during the Transformers Connect. I was led by the Spirit to say this. Now, if you belong to a church where they say where they believe that if you don't tithe, things will be tight for you. If you belong to that church and you believe that when you don't pay your when you don't pay your tithe, something's not even right with that word pay. Because it's not a payment. You give. Something's not right with that word pay. When you say you pay, it means you are giving you are you are making a payment in exchange for something. Paul said that we should give. And we should give willingly. So I think we saw that we need to we need to also correct our vocabulary. So we don't pay tight; we give, and we should give willingly. We're gonna get there. But when the day the Lord help us to get there, <laughs> Amen. If you be, if you belong to a church where they say if you don't pay, no, so now I'm using pay for them down because you have to pay because if you don't pay, something will happen to you. Where they tell you that if you don't pay your tithe, something bad will happen to you. As long as you remain under that ministry, majority of the members of that ministry will experience struggle, suffering demonic attacks because they don't pay their tithe. I was in Nigeria. I was going somewhere in the morning and the man of God preaching said, and I was on the, on the radio, they even have the money to sponsor to, to sponsor that trash. 
on the radio. That's safe, right? So when I say trash, right? That's not too bad. Amen. I'm dead. My, my church family are trying to season me, to polish me because I'm a typical Nigerian and, um, not mm, typical Nigerian in the sense of like more direct, right? So they're trying to push me up. So amen. Right. So trash is fine, right? Good. And they had the money. They could use people's money to sponsor that trash on the radio. So the man of God said this. If you don't pay your tithe, God will take it in vehicle breakdown. Now I'm getting to my message. Amen. So when we talk about religious faith, let's talk about an example of them is giving. Right? Giving. It's interesting. I've been just full from my spirit, but let me walk you through notes so that we can we can have a signpost. Amen. Now before I talk about giving, um, I think I should call some things that I wrote on my notes. I may have covered them, but let me just go through them just to ensure that I have the stick in my mind. So I said, uh, examples of, uh, and so I, when I talk about religious fear, I'm going to continue that story. Don't worry. That story of Titan. Uh, don't worry. We're going to have fun today. By God's grace. Amen. Amen. So when we talk about, when I talk about religious fear, I'm talking about religious manipulations, religious manipulation and control from men of God or from whoever, you know, I say to you, regardless of how a man of God seems humble, humble and gentle. That is not a criteria that what they are saying is correct. And regardless of how a man seems charismatic, you know, and very true, so very manifest. Oh, I'm looking for, I'm trying to make, create my own English here. Can manifest, can gyrate into you know, the Lord. You know, this is, this is not me, but I'm giving an example. The Lord is saying, you know, the Lord has given you the, 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 the blessings of the 24th century. Uh, I can't remember Jesus gyrating, trying to minister the word of God. Okay, let's carry on. I'm nearly out of time and I'm just starting. Amen. <laughs> That's what's the introduction. Okay, let's finish my introduction. Let me carry on next week. Amen. So religious fear and religious manipulations and control and oppressions. Amen. Amen. People ask me to be to smile more when I'm preaching. They say something's wrong with not it's something not right with content. So I will I will look serious and ask some <laughs> Praise God. So when you when you fully come to transformation, please start getting start getting used to this because face to face you get a lot of this. I'm like, Pastor, please be serious. I'm very serious, right? But just have fun, right? So uh, because sometimes if we, if I don't tend to balance the atmosphere, I, I, some people can be locked back into the religious, uh, environment they're in. Fantastic. But, you know, when I say things, I say things because of how serious they are, but that doesn't mean that I'm angry, right? So we need to balance things up. So let's go back. So. <laughs> 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 Praise God. Right, let's give it up. So now, religious fear are this religious control and manipulation, and it's so heavy and strong in the church today. These are manipulations such that if you don't do a particular thing, if you don't pay your tithe, if you don't do this, things will not work for you. These are control, this manipulation. Amen. And this makes us to struggle in our relationship with God. You know, we are not bold to approach God as our father. Something is not right. I repeat, if you cannot approach God as your father and have a fantastic relationship with him. See, I'm laughing in the church. I'm playing. I'm releasing the word of God to you. Those things are very strong in my spirit. But that doesn't mean I should come under the fear of the law. Uh, when I say torment, or, uh, fear of torment of the law. Because God is my father. I, I just with God. We, we talk like father, you know. I, I mean, me and God, we just, and uh, uh, that doesn't mean that I don't respect God. I mean that, you know, this morning when we were praying, God was rebuking me about some stuff, you know, 
I have this attitude when I don't have a capability for something, I just send people to other people's church and tell stuff like that. And most of the time, I don't have a credible church I can send people to, but I just like, okay, if you can go there, you can just manage them. And it was showing me this morning that today, you know how people's lives depend on what they hear from these platforms that they go to. And I say, you know, with a church, you will not go to don't send people there. No matter how much that person is close to you or you know, you know them, if you, if, the, if, if you will not go to that church because you know that you can never be edified or beat up there, so you might say, but that sounds too strong. It's not too strong. It is so serious. I repeat, it's not too strong. It is very serious. I get to me because if people are telling you things like, okay, Lord Jesus, let me not go there because let me not go there. Let me go there. Let me go there. Let me go there. Let's stick to this one we're talking about here. I get to me. There are churches that, you know, I love the pastors. I love the people. I'll do stuff with them, but I will never sit under their teaching. Because what they call out is 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 poison. Amen. It's poison. I was once in a church, and I was just beginning to know about the goodness and the and the and the goodness and the kindness and the grace of God. And things that were coming out from the man of God were poison. You know, he said something. He said, he said, all these are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I said they are they are all lies, and he brought the people back into works, things they must do for God to bless them. And why they need his father in his life as a bishop over the, over the ministry for a covering, spiritual covering. Those are poisonous teaching that holds people in bondage. I know a church that if the pastors leave the church, they, they are expected to be cursed. Man, I, I, I mean, uh, to let you know as a pastor that I know what's going on. So, because some people just they think that, um, Pastors don't know what's going on, you know. But don't forget where I'm coming from. I'm coming from the fact that I respect God. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put everything together, just carry on with me. Right. So this man of God said, you know, if you don't, you know, even when they when they are leaflets, what they say there is that you should come to their ministry under a covering, blah, blah, blah. Many people are going there for false protection, though they do not know that it's false protection, but they just feel that there's a man of God that God hears, you know, he has access to God. We as long as they're in that ministry, they are covered. It's not true. Because you think you have a covering. Which covering is greater or bigger than the covering of Jesus Christ? Or the covering of God? The Bible says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Not he that dwelleth in in, under the covering of a man of God. Those thinking is wrong. That you need to be on, under, the, under the covering of a particular man of God for your life to be well. It's wrong. It's not right. Is manipulation. It's demonic. It's demonic. I'm, I know what I'm saying. It's demonic. I've been there. I've been to those ministries. I know what I'm talking about. I know how this thing, how I was held in bondage of here. Right. So I don't disrespect God. So God was teaching, was uh, rebuking this morning that guy, you know what? If you not go to a particular church, and one of these kind of churches, what I've just called, I've just given an example of, he said, don't send people there. So I respect God. God rebukes me, corrects me. I take correction and I work on stuff. Amen. So uh, don't feel like this guy is not serious. I mean, I, God, God wants to have a relationship with you, and I thank God for the this privilege He has given to me, so that I can you can see how I relate with God. I don't take God for granted. Yes, I am so free to to have a relationship with the Father, and when He rebukes me and corrects me, I take correction. Amen. So religious fear, this manipulations, you know. Uh, 
they, 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 they hinder our, they, they make us struggle in our relationship with God. You know, we, we, we are not bold to approach God as our father. We are not able to approach him to receive help because we don't think we have access to him because we don't think we have done, we have done enough. We have done much enough so that we can have access to the father. We are thinking, you know, excuse me, you know, you just, you're just thinking, in, you're thinking of when you will actually be able to reach, thank you, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit asks me to tell you that those men of God that you think have done so much, they have done so much because they've, they've harassed you with how long they fasted. They've harassed you of how many hours of Bible reading they have done. And because you are not matching up or you are not, you don't match up to any extent. So you think that you are unqualified and you are not acceptable and you are not worthy of God is a lie. Your worthiness of God had nothing, has nothing to do with your fasting and praying. I repeat, your worthiness of God have nothing to do with your fasting and praying. Your worthiness of God have to do with the fact that you are in Christ Jesus. Your worthiness of God is based on what Jesus has done, not what you will do or what you can do. I repeat, your worthiness, I mean, what makes you worthy of God is not based on what you have done or anything you can do. It's based on the fact that Jesus died for you. Now, God saw you worthy of him. That's why he came to die for you in the person of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And this has made a lot of us to be, to perform religious activities because of fear of punishment. Right, so I was talking about giving before I, you know, thought, thought of um, taking these boxes so that I can know how, um, I can see from my notes how we are progressing. Giving. Now, Second Corinthians 9, 6-7. Let's go to Second Corinthians 9. So don't forget that in the Transmas Church from today, and you have to correct me too when I make um, typographical error. I may slip of tongue. <laughs> you have to correct me too when I say pay tight. You give tight. You don't pay offering. You give offering. When you make a payment, you're making a payment. When you pay something, you are making a payment in exchange from something. But in the faith, we don't pay. We give. So watch this. 2 Corinthians 9, 6-7. But these I say... He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. I'm reading the New King James Version. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give. And that one's even italicized. So let's, if I'm going to put it in um, that word give italicized, which means that it was added by the translators so that they can convey the message. But let, let's try to remove that give and let's see what it is. So, so let each one, as he purposed in his heart, not grudgingly, or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. So the translators of Nick and James must have put the gift there because uh, Paul ended that uh, line by a cheerful giver. So they, 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 they thought, you know, it must, it must be talking about giving. And truly was talking about giving because the old story there was about um, ministering to the saint, ministering the need, ministering needs to the saint. And giving is not limited to money. All this money, money, money matter in the church is just non or just unhealthy. So what if we don't spend money? What if we spend cars or what if what if it was it was in the, in the days of trade by butter, whereby people exchange goods for good and there was no money or currency involved? Does that mean that we are not giving? People can give services that are worth money. You know, I, I was a photographer and I'm still photographer to a very much extent. Right, but for my wife anyway and the church family. <laughs> Amen. So if anybody wants to hire me photography, I ain't gonna do it. Good. Um 
Okay. So the services I when I do like I was doing for a family uh, recently um, because that person my close friend and just uh, he, he, he talking of my gift to them. But if I was going to do that service for and so I did a photo shoot for them, a very 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 painful in terms of editing it and stuff like that. And um, like I spent about I think three hours on the photo shoot, and I spent nearly eight hours trying to fix those photos and stuff like that. And those eight hours, I know how much I will have done, you know, working, doing my stuff in church or reading or spending time with my wife and stuff like that. I spent about eight hours, I think it started about kind of 3 p.m. I didn't finish until around midnight. So that's about nine hours. So they, they were not aware of that. Right. But that service, if I was going to render it someone outside, I will not charge less than 500 pounds. Yeah, because I had to go with all my gears and everything else. Right. And I went to their place, this kind of stuff. But to them, it's free. Right. So if someone was giving that service to a church, we say because they didn't give money they didn't give but the service they've given us is much more than what they may have given to you in offering tight because if they're giving a service worth of 500 pounds to us right it means they must be they should have been and they should have earned if it were, if it were given tight they must have earned fifty thousand pounds no five thousand pounds i mean sorry five thousand pounds and they're giving ten percent of uh over uh, five hundred pounds i get to me so let's take our eyes off this you know, if someone was, if someone was to give to, maybe they want to give an offering to Transformers Church to, you know, probably they give 200 pounds or 500 pounds, but they can help me do some work that I, or that, that I worked for 5,000, 10,000 pounds because I'm in the service industry, right? The service business. So I know the value of services. So let's, let, let's start rethinking about this money, money thing. You know, if, 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 if somebody can do a job for me, instead of me going to find somebody else to do for me and then I pay them, you know how many hours I'm going to spend to find a person and then find out if they're the correct person to do the job, all of that. But if I have somebody who, who's going to do that for me, I'll be so grateful. Right? So let's, let's get our perspective right. Good. So, <clears throat> praise God. So the Bible says, it says verse 7, 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, So let each one give as it proposes in his heart. So giving is something from the heart. It should be cheerful from the heart, right? So giving should not, people should not be manipulated to give. I repeat, people should not be manipulated to give. So to conclude the story I was stuck here, I started earlier on saying that if you belong to a church where they tell you that if you don't pay, so now we're using pay, not give. If you don't pay your tithe, things will be tight for you. If it, as long as you stay under that ministry, things will be tight for you. I know what I'm talking about. I, there was a lady who was a member of one of this kind of church. And um, I felt in my heart the Lord wanted me, wanted me to reach out to her. I didn't even know she was struggling you know, really, with religious things like that. So I reached out to her. I think she ran away from me eventually. And um, she was sick at some point and I was visiting her in the hospital with my wife. And the moment I entered, I told her, to, I told her we should go into Galatians 3.10. The Bible says that as many as of the works are under a cross. So if you're expecting to do something for God to bless you, you are putting yourself under a curse because you are putting yourself under a system. Yeah. You are putting yourself under a system, a spiritual system. And it's a, it's a spiritual system of performance. And the sad thing is that nobody can fulfill all the law. So if you break one at some point, you are guilty of breaking everything. And if you break the law, you know, you, you suffer the consequence. So there's a, there's a, there's a system of the law, which brings kind of like, uh, which opens the door for punishment into your life. If you break one rule or the other, 
So that's what Galatians 3.10 is saying. And there's much more in there. I'm going to teach on that later in the future. So I got that. I got to, we got to the hospital and I tell her, you know, open your Bible to, you know, and we read Galatians 3.10. And I was like, do you know that before, just before you stepped in, I was saying to God that heal me so that I can go back to church and serve you more. Because I don't think I've been serving long enough in the church. That's why I'm sick. I'm this and that. And she took that. But because she was, she kept going back to this church. We had not started Transmas Church then. Hence, you know, I guess low, the guess, I guess low should be coming this morning. If church you will not go, don't send people there because there's no local church around them. They are better off even connecting with you online. And I'm like, you know, but but we'll talk going to that later. He didn't say they you know, um let, okay, let me not expand my conversation with God at this point because of our time. Right. So the lady had to avoid me around the women when she got my I didn't even know. And I just saw the videos and stuff like that. And I know one of the reasons because she could not just she could not just hold on to the truth that she doesn't need to do things for God to set to heal her. So can you see that this person must have been a kind of religious bondage? Amen. Bondage. And um, if you are in that kind of church or kind of thing or that kind of situation, you know, no matter how much you serve God, you can't do enough. So why don't you just come under the grace of the Lord Christ Jesus and serve God willingly based on your capacity? Now look at what that Bible, what that Bible says. He said, so verse 7, so let each one give as the purpose in their heart. What can you do? What, what can you do willingly? What can you propose in your heart to do based on your capacity? I get to me. Um, let me see. Now, let me, let's look at verse 5. So, therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift before which you had previously promised that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and also as, uh, now look at it. Uh, it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. So some people say things like, if you don't give out of pain, it's not accepted to God, it's a lie. They are trying to manipulate you. You can't really see the heart of men, but God says the heart of men. Men of God will manipulate you because they want to use money for something. Because they can't really trust God to guide them as to what they should do to raise the money. It's, so e it's easier for us to just say, you know, we want to do this project in church. People give as you propose in your heart and allow God to quick to conquer the heart of the people to give. But people, but many pastors think that they must manipulate, oppress, cajole, control people to give. Then something is not right in that church because if you teach people about the goodness and the kindness of God, and people see how much God is good to them, and they understand that as a child of God, part of expressing the nature of God in them is by giving. The Bible tells us that for, for, tells us that for God so loved the world that he gives only begotten son. If he teach people their responsibility, that generosity is part of the identity of the believer, then help people, encourage people to learn to be generous, to give, and teach them how to expect increase, not by duplication of their money. Don't prophesy $91, $91, dollars, $91 seed or $91 offering so that, so that they can receive 91 blessing. They don't receive it. And that's why many people's trust in God is not strong because the things that the man of God are promised on behalf of God, they have not received it. Amen. A few things that I want to read out so that we can shut down this morning. I said, if we, if we have to use fear to motivate people to give, we are extorting them. 
It's because they don't want to give. So you you manipulate them, you control them to take the money from their hand. Say, no, people will not give. People will not give. You'll be surprised. Say, it's not our duty as pastors to try to meet God's need. I mean, when I say God's need, I mean the need for his work, his business. All right? Just play your part. Be open, be sincere, be transparent, and let the people give as the Lord leads in their their heart. Right? If God has called us to ministry, he has made provisions. We just need to find out how to receive this provision, but not to manipulate people. Pastors, please, or minister, or be a young minister going to ministry, please don't follow the examples of some men of God who wants to compare or prove something to their to their to their peers, and they do that on the, they do that at the detriment of the church members because they want to say we uh, you know we built this cathedral, and men of God are coming to roll on the floor for because you build the cathedral, you want to prove something to the world, and you do it at the detriment. You, we see a lot of things behind the scene by the Spirit, you know. All those manipulation, all those forcing people to give, all those sending letters to people to give money by force by this stage. You know, all those levying. You give them envelope. You say, this family, because the husband is working and the old wife is working, 5,000 pounds. <laughs> Thank God I'm not, I'm not a pastor. Because that letter will be the, that letter, will, if I receive that such letter, that's the, that's the last day I'll be in that, uh, they will see me again in that church. That's the, we'll start Bible study in the house until God leads us to where we should be. I'm not cooking things up. I'm telling you things I've experienced, things that I see. <laughs> things that I see. When a man of God wants to show, he wants to show, wants to showcase his own blessing to his other peers and manipulate you guys and command you guys to send money for him to buy a Porsche. There's some examples I don't want to go into. So what is going on in many churches today, as a pastor, as I'm aware, is extortion, right? So I said, it means that the people do not yet have a heart to give to God. You have not trained them. You've not taught them. Amen. I'm going to shut down here because I still have a long way to go. So I'm on giving 1.1A1 <laughs> in my note. <laughs> we have a long way to go. I, you know, God wants to really make people free. And um, I've, deci- I've chosen to submit myself to him to speak to you guys. We have a long way to go. God wants you people free. Can I just pray with you? Father, we thank you for this morning in the name of the Lord Jesus. And I pray for your people that as you, as you have spoken to their heart, that they will have that strength on the inside to stand their ground for what is true, what the word of God says, and take the step they hold to take in the name of Jesus. Praise God.